Our first scripture reading is from the prophet Zephaniah, the third chapter. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult in your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time, I will deal with all your oppressors and I will save the lame and gather the outcast and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you in. At that time, when I gather you together, For I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We write the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the seventh chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The disciples of John reported all these things to him. And John, calling two of his disciples, said to him, sent them to the Lord, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? When the men had come to him, they said, and when the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? In that hour, he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind, he bestowed their sight. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. When John's messengers had gone, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who are dressed in splendid clothing live in luxury and are in king's courts. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face. Who will prepare your way before you? I tell you, among those born of women, none is greater than John. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. O grand dear Lord of love, that we receive rejoicing the word proclaimed by John, our true repentance voicing, that gladly we may walk upon our Savior's way until we live with him in his eternal day. Amen. You may be seated. I know that some of you, maybe many of you, may think that 
us pastors make a bit too much about these different seasons of the church year, Advent, Epiphany, Pentecost, and so on. And then we have the changing of the pyramid colors and the stoles, the nice little alterations in the liturgy at different points. And you may think, well, sure, that's nice for church decorating reasons. But does it actually matter, matter to people who aren't pastors? And the answer to that is no and yes. Could a church be, or could a person be a Christian and not know the church here? Sure. But could someone be a Christian and not know what the church here said about Jesus? Probably not. Because the church here isn't primarily about colors on stoles. It's not primarily about different hymns that we sing. It is about Christ. And it is about presenting him fully by focusing on different truths about him throughout the entire year. So Christmas has to do with the fact that the Son of God took on human flesh. He became a man. Epiphany about him revealing himself to be the savior of all of the nations. Holy Week is about how he becomes the perfect sacrifice for our sins on the cross and then rises three days later from the grave. Pentecost, about him pouring out his Holy Spirit to convert and save people. Knowing those kinds of things, those aren't optional for Christians. If you don't know those things about Jesus, what do you know about him? And here in our gospel reading from Luke chapter 7 today, we have a perfect example of the importance of Advent. You might mistake it as some kind of placeholder until Christmas gets here. But in our gospel reading, once John is in prison... He gets it. He understands it in a way that most of us do not. And by that, I mean that when John is in prison, he was only concerned about Advent. And by that, I mean that he is only concerned about the coming one. In our reading today, John tells his disciples to ask Jesus one question. Are you the one who is to come? Or are you the coming one. That is Advent, people. Is Jesus the coming one or not? When it comes down to it at the end of the day or at the end of life, which is what John is staring in the face, that is the question. Is it Jesus or not? Is he the coming one or not? John gets his phone call from prison. That is the question he has his disciples ask. And you see that Jesus answers by way of a demonstration, which is rare in the Gospels. Many people in the Gospels ask Jesus for a sign, but those people are usually opposed to him. They want to trick him, or they want to get Jesus to do a magic trick for them. Jesus almost always refuses that kind of thing. We see, not with John. John, who is faithful. John, who is a prophet, asks Jesus, and Luke tells us, that very hour, 
Jesus cured many infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. And then Jesus tells those disciples to go back and tell John what they have seen and what they have heard. Blind see, lame walk, lepers cleansed, deaf hear, dead raised, poor evangelized, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. If that is what you are looking for in the coming one, Jesus fits the bill. You will be blessed in knowing and believing this. And we see here that Jesus is echoing in his real actions passages from Isaiah. Passages from Isaiah that talk about what God will do when he comes to save his people. That kind of stuff is going to happen. And and so for John, Jesus checks all those boxes. He works his way down that list so that he and others cannot possibly miss it. He is the coming one. So John can rest in peace. God is fulfilling his promises in Jesus. There is no other. And after they leave to go and report this to John, Jesus speaks to the rest of the crowd about an other kind of person, one that the world often looks to for leadership and guidance. Someone less like John, less like Jesus, and someone a bit more, as Jesus puts it, a reed swaying in the wind, a weather vane, someone who knows which way the cultural winds or the poles are blowing, and they can play to it. That person can tell us what we want to hear. And more than that, they appeal to our aspirations. Jesus says they they dress nicely. They live lives of luxury. But you see in the gospel, that is not what John is like. John was sitting in prison. John was about to be beheaded. It's not what Jesus is like. Jesus says that he has nowhere to lay his head, that he is headed to a cross and a grave. And those aren't the kind of things that we usually aspire to. But these were the faithful ones in their time. These were the ones doing the will of God. These were the ones speaking God's law and gospel to the world in word and deed. And so, as always, the question that is posed to us in some fashion when we come to church is, what did you come to see? What did you come to hear? Different aspirations will lead you to different ones. Either to Jesus or to someone or something else. Either it is to hear the word of God which calls all of us to repentance for our real sins, and in so doing calls us to the forgiveness that we find in Christ for those sins, as Pastor Walther talked about last week when he talked about John's preaching. That is a word that delivers Jesus to us. Or we come to hear something else. And if it's not Jesus you seek, then sooner or later, church will lose its appeal to you. But for those of us who recognize 
the pains and sufferings and griefs and trials of this world and want the way out that God sends, Jesus is the ticket. He is the coming one. There is no other. The struggle that John feels while sitting in prison is that of Christ being so close, but everything not being completed, everything not being perfected yet. That is our state as well, even if it's not as pointed as John's life was at the end. But this is the state of Advent, of waiting for the coming one. We sense in the world that something is off. We know that Jesus is in charge, but things are not as they should be yet. What John wants is for Jesus to come and free him. That should be what we want as well. And we already know, it's already been announced, that Christ has freed us from the guilt of our sins, but that he hasn't come fully to lock up the devil and to remake the world. That is what John wants. That, I assume, is what we want And that right there, that is the yearning of Advent. We want the coming one to come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is what we pray. That is what John prayed. And the beautiful description that we heard in our Old Testament reading today from Zephaniah, with God rejoicing over us in song, comforting us with his love, dealing with those who afflict us, gathering us to him. That is the world that we are waiting for. And that is the essence of the season of Advent, which is clearly not limited to the month of December. But we know it is also a temporary season. It will come to an end when he comes. So we pray, come, Lord Jesus. Amen.